Welcome to Fusion Student Ministries. We hope this message equips and encourages you. Okay, so week four, intercessory prayer. Elijah asked me to talk about intercessory prayer tonight. So let's, uh, let's start with a question. The question is, what is intercessory prayer? Because it sounds like a big church word to me. So, and, and I'm not particularly fond of church words. That's just me because, you know, outside doesn't mean anything. I'm not sure. But intercessory prayer. So, we've been talking about what prayer is. We should know what prayer is, even if you weren't here. So, let's, let's go to intercession. Or, let's, let's just look at, at the word intercede. So, uh, I went to, uh, to Webster, the dictionary, and intercede is like, it means to intervene between parties with a view of reconciling differences. So, a lot of times when, when people talk about intercessions, like, what's intercession? Well, that's standing in the gap, brother. Which doesn't take you very far. I don't know. Standing in the gap. So, uh, to look at what intercession is, Someone had had compared it to kind of like a law, uh, 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 a courtroom, like a court of law, because you know he says that uh, that you intervene between two parties. But you see, there, the analogy doesn't exactly work because in a in a courtroom where you've got a lawyer and and he is representing the guy behind him, but he doesn't really so much represent the other way. To intercede, you have to represent both ways. Okay? So, to look at what the best example of this would be, we go to Jesus. Jesus was the intercessor. So, first of all, Jesus represents us to God. So, here's John 14, 7 through 9. So it says, if you had really known me, you would know who my father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And Philip, I love Philip. He's not really in there like a whole lot, but I love the things he says. Uh, He says, Lord, show us the father and we will be satisfied. Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip? and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show Him to you? You see, what He was saying is that, is that if you see me, you've seen the Father. So God, so Jesus, so when Jesus was here, He was representing the Father, Right? He also said in another scripture, he said, he said that I do the works of my father. So, so Jesus was, was showing us what God is like. I move my arms a lot. Y'all can laugh. So then Jesus also represents us to the father. So he goes the other way as well. 
In Hebrews 7, 24-25, Jim, were you able to load those? Uh, yeah, okay. So Hebrews 7, 24-25, it says, Because Jesus lives forever, His priesthood lasts forever. Let's stop there. So the priest would like, represented people to God in the Old Testament, what they'd do is they'd go in and offer sacrifices to God on behalf of all the people. So it says uh, it says that uh, Jesus is, and this passage talks about Jesus being the high priest. He says, His priesthood lasts forever. Therefore, He is able to, He is able once and forever to save those who come to God through Him. He lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. So, once again, just to, just to reiterate what we're talking about, is that Jesus has shown us the Father. But then, when we pray, Jesus is representing us. He says in uh, John 14.6, He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. So when you pray and you're asking in Jesus' name, you're not coming on on your own authority and you're not coming on your own righteousness. You're coming in the name of Jesus. Which, no one comes to the Father but through Jesus. So unless you are praying in the name of Jesus, it's not getting there. No one comes to the Father but through Jesus. So that's really the only way it goes. So someone had taken this uh, this Scripture, Jesus is interceding for us one time. So yeah, it's like Jesus is praying for us. Yeah, no... No, no. Look at John 16. So it says, at that time, Jesus was talking about the time when he was going to go to be with the Father. He says, at that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. I tell you the truth, you, say you, say me. You will ask the Father directly, and He will grant your request because you use My name. You haven't done this before. Ask using My name, and you will receive, and you will have abundant joy. And then skip down to verse 26. It says, Then you will ask in My name. Now look, when I said Jesus is not praying, look what He says. I'm not saying I will ask the Father on your behalf. No, 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 no. Asking is your part. That's your job. But Jesus is there and He is providing you access to the Father. So, and and I read this in a book and it was kind of a cheesy analogy. I didn't like it, but it's, it's a pretty good picture. And he's like, so when you pray, it's like, Father, Eric is here to speak to you. And he's not coming on his own authority. He's coming in my name. 
which allows me access because it's like Eric's coming. He's coming on his own authority. He's like, yeah, put him out. That's it's so no one's going to come except through through the name of Jesus. But he said to ask in my name. He's not he's not asking for you. Okay. So you can see that there clearly is a desire for that that God truly has a desire to hear from you directly from you. Not somebody speaking for you. He wants to hear from you. So so we've looked at, at Jesus as an example. We've seen Him. He, he's represented God, and now He's representing us to God. So that's what intercession looks like. Someone that, that takes differences, right? Because with, with the sin in our life, God won't have sin in His presence. He won't. Will not. But since Jesus was sinless, that's why that door is open. So that's what intercession looks like. I still didn't answer the question, what's intercessory prayer? So we're, we're uh, getting there. It's going to take a while. Y'all just sit tight. So, as Jesus represented God to us, we're to intercede as well. So first and foremost, I say first and foremost, it's really not, but we're going to cover this first. Uh, That we are to represent Jesus to this world. That if you have the Spirit of Christ living in you, then it is your job to portray that to this world. And what's the purpose? Well, we talked about it's reconciling differences. Everything that God wanted to accomplish, He accomplished using people. When He had a message, there were prophets. And... uh after Joshua's time, and Joshua had died, it was like Moses, and then there was Joshua, and then there were like judges that kind of just popped up randomly. But he always wanted to use a person. And that's not exclusive to special people. God wants to use you. And He wants to use you to reach the lost people, your schools. Your teachers, you got jobs, your co-workers. He wants to use you. You're part of the plan. So it's your part to represent Jesus to, a war, to this fallen world. Look at John 20, verse 21. It says, again, uh, it says, again, he said to them, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Say me. You. Me. Okay. 
Look at 2 Corinthians 5, 18-20. And all this is a gift from God, who brought us back to Himself through Christ. And God has given this us, us, say us. God has given us this task of reconciling people to Him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And He gave this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making His appeal through through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. So, I want to camp out here for a second. And I want to give you I want to give you five ways that we can represent Jesus to this world in a way to, to, to reconcile them. The first one is to share each other's burdens. Galatians 6, 2-3. So it's exactly what I just said. Look at that. Share each other's burdens. And in this way, obey the law of Christ. If you think you are too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. You're not that important. I like that one. I don't know. Um, so, share each other's burdens. There are some points in the Bible... And and I didn't really go deep into it, but there's some points in the Bible where share someone's burden. The word that was used would be like to to help them to carry it, to make it easier for them. There was another word that was used that was like to just carry it away. Don't help them. Just just take it. Just carry it off. Take care of that. It made me. Uh, it made me think of my daughter. <laughs> Poor baby. She hates mornings. She hates to wake up. I don't know where she gets it from. Me. Um, so <laughs> I can hear Jen getting her ready for school in the morning, and just hear all this crying. <laughs> it's like, what is wrong with that kid? And I know it's just she just didn't want to wake up. And I'll walk in there, and I'll be like. Who's crying? Who's doing all this fussing? And she's and Jen's like, it's Riley. And uh, Jen's got this little squirt bottle that she uses to fix Riley's hair. And I uh, and I do her like a cat, and I'm like, oh yeah. And I uh, and I squirt her with the bottle, which uh, she thinks is hilarious, <laughs> but. <laughs> But sometimes in the morning she's like, oh, stop it, stop it. I was like, fine. Set the bottle down, and then she'll pick it up and squirt me. Then it's really funny. (laughs) 
The Bible says to mourn with those who mourn and rejoice with those who rejoice. We're going to cover that scripture in just a second. But you know, sometimes bearing each other's burdens would mean to give somebody a laugh when they need a laugh. To sit with somebody that you see sitting by themselves. To to just... You know, if you know someone's feeling down about something and you know there's not really anything you can do about it, but you know what? You can at least just be there for that person. Don't, don't let them know that, JP, I'm there for you, brother. Call me. No, no, no. Go, go be there. It's like, I'm going to get a chair and sit right next to JP. It's like, I'm here, JP. Ten minutes later, I'm still here, JP. You know? To actually be there for people. And rejoice with those who rejoice. Key and Elijah are on a cruise. Y'all can laugh. <laughs> Key and Elijah are on a cruise. You know what the typical response is to someone's on a cruise? I wish I was on a cruise. I don't ever get to go on a cruise. I'm 30 years old and I ain't never been on a cruise. And young couple get to go on a cruise like that. Hey, you know what? I'm happy for them. I think it's great that they're on a cruise. And, and, and it's true, I've never been on one. But you know what? Who cares? It's not about me. They're on a cruise. That's fantastic! I hope he hears this. <laughs> Throw this one out here. Uh, number two. You gotta get along with people. Look at uh, Romans twelve fourteen through eighteen. It says, "Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy, and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other." Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do I like this. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. One translation says, as far as it depends on you, say me, live at peace with everyone. To represent Jesus to people, honestly, if you're ugly to people, if you're not nice, if you talk down to people, if you think you know everything, who wants to hang around with someone like that? Seriously. I mean, no one wants to hang around with, with someone that wants to be a punk all the time. Now, there is an understanding, because he says that to pray for those who persecute you. 
That doesn't. So, so when it says, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. That means that there are people out there that are not going to want to be nice to you. Which means that you are to pray for them, to pray for those who persecute you. Be nice to them. You don't know what they did to me. I don't care. Maybe. Be nice to them. I mean, unless you are like, seriously, getting hurt. I'm not talking about like, they called you names. Get over it. Okay. Number three. To represent Jesus to the world, you can teach people the Word of God. Now, in order to teach something, you have to know something. And in order to teach the Word of God, you must know the Word of God. Which means that you must read the Word of God. Read the Word. Hear the Word. It was the most fun I had ever had. That kids camp was awesome. Uh, I had a lot of fun. Teach the Word of God. Acts 8, 4-5. through five. Oh, you know what? Jen, I'm going to come back to that other one, other one in just a minute. Acts 8, 4-5. through five. So the believers were scattered and they preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. Philip, for example, went to the city of Samaria and told the people there about the Messiah. And there's a, a whole thing on what happened in Samaria. But let's, let's jump down because Philip left Samaria uh, and uh, he went south and he's walking next to this chariot. So let's look at, uh, at verses 30-35. Philip ran over and heard a man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked, Do you understand what you are reading? The man replied, How can I, unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip, Come up into the carriage to, fit, to sit with him. The passage of Scripture he had been reading was, He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. He was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his, of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? And so, beginning with this same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. Story goes on, that man got saved. A lot of people in Samaria got saved. But there was this guy named Simon in Samaria and he was kind of a knothead. Number four. Uh, 
Number four is to serve. Luke 22, 25 through 27. Jesus told them, In this world, the kings and great men lord it over their people, yet they are called friends of the people. But among you, it will be different. Those who are the greatest among you should take the lowest rank, and the leader should be like a servant. Who is more important, the one who sits at the table or the one who serves? The one who sits at the table, of course, but not here. For I am among you. For I am among you as one who serves. If you want to represent Jesus to people, you have to serve them. And there are opportunities that that you can serve. Uh, If you go to Acadiana and they have uh, students for Christ, I'm sure that there's something they can find for you to do. There's something that we can find for you to do here at Family Life as well, if you want to serve. And some of you guys, there are some people in here that that serve uh, in, in several different areas, several different places. And, and there's some of y'all, you know, not so much. But I am telling you that if you want to represent Jesus. You need to find a place to serve in your home, in your school, in your church. There's like lines and arrows and stuff all over my uh, notes. That was four, so this is five. Okay. Okay, number five. Distribute the blessings of Christ. What does that mean? Let me let me explain this one to you. There there was uh, some people that were like following Jesus everywhere he went, and they were listening to his teaching. And everywhere, you know, he'd go, and it's like Jesus saw him. There was one scripture that said he had compassion, so we would teach him. So when Jesus had this crowd, he would teach them. Which, by the way, uh, was number three: teach. So, there was one point where he had like these 5,000 people, and Jesus fed 5,000 people out of one basket. If I had one basket sitting up here on the stage, and, and it had food in it, and I started to pass it out, it probably wouldn't get past this row of guys right here. That was the end of the basket. Jesus took that basket and he began to multiply the bread and the fish that was in that basket. And this is just a picture, but then he gave that food to the disciples. And it was the disciples that went and handed it out among everybody. This is where this is where I want you to understand is that is that when you see people and you everyone wants to wants to pray for the sick and that's great and I highly encourage that to pray for the sick 
and 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 for people that uh and for people that are lost or for people who are going through rough times that's great i want you to pray uh to pray for those people and if you get an opportunity to lay hands on them and you want to do that hey okay but you know what what you are doing is you are taking the blessing and you're just distributing it that healing didn't come from you it wasn't it wasn't yours you can't heal anybody there's you cannot you can't save anybody that are in their sins you can't you can't set people free from bondages and there's a lot of people out there that try to set people free from bondages we like to make fun of seven uh seven step help books and uh so do I and uh because there's a lot of worldly knowledge out there but uh Jen and I uh Jen and I have an understanding and of of because we see things that happen in people's lives but there are some worldly people out there that that have all the learning and knowledge and education and 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 it gets them so little but Jesus brings victory and you see whenever you have the opportunity to pray for somebody you're just taking that victory you're taking that victory over their sin and you're just laying a hand on them and say to receive it to receive it and you're just passing it out I remember <laughs> Clay Vance was uh telling a story one time he prayed over a lady's hand and he actually did this he's like you know I just took I just took the blessing of my father out of heaven and just and I just put it out on that thing and he did that hook shot thing like he was reaching that's a great picture though that's that's really that's really what it is you're taking what Jesus already did and and, and I want to tell you to me that is a huge relief. Jesus hung on that cross and he said, It is finished. And which means that that all the victory and, and all authority, because he said it later, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And so and so Jesus has already accomplished everything. But there are so many people out there that won't receive it. But you know what? If you have an opportunity to distribute that blessing, to distribute that victory. There's a world out there, there's a lot of hurting people out there that need it badly. And I bet you go to school with them. It's just a guess. So those are five things that you can do to represent Jesus to this world. But, like we said earlier, interceding is two ways, right? And this is probably what you thought we would talk about the whole time. But this is the part where we talk about that you pray for them. 
it's good that when you're there with them that you can, if you want to lay hands on them and ask in Jesus' name for, for a chance to be broken. But you know what? At times when you're alone, excuse me, and at times when you want to pray, it's good that you come before the Father and just say, I am coming here on behalf of such and such person. In the name of Jesus. So you're going through Jesus to the Father, but you're praying for somebody as well. Okay? And so, and so you're standing before the Father and you're bringing another person's needs. Lord, set this person free from alcoholism and drug addiction and from worldly mindsets. Lord, bring this person salvation. Let them know you. And so you're standing before God and you're representing that person before God. And you're laying out their needs. And you're asking and you're asking the Lord to give them victory. The same victory that you had whenever you were set free from your bondages and from your sins. I want you to to know there there are reasons I think and I didn't write these down to make points out of them but I think that there are reasons why people don't pray or are a, a block for praying for other people one is uh one of the ones is that you just really don't think that your prayer is going to make a difference. But that's not true. Your, prayer, your prayers do make a difference. God hears you when you pray. And so when you come before God, let me show you some things. You can save somebody's life. You can set them free. Three angels came and visited Moses. Moses, Abraham. And uh, throughout the course of the evening, it became pretty apparent that those angels were on their way to Sodom and Gomorrah, and it really wasn't looking good for, uh, for Sodom and Gomorrah at all. And Abraham, knowing that his nephew Lot was in Sodom, started pleading with this man with his visitor, which was the Lord. And he starts pleading. And y'all know the story. In the end, he saved Lot's life and his two daughters. And I don't think that if, that if Abraham would have stood there and made his case, there wouldn't be too much left to say about Lot. but it saved his life. That was in Genesis 18. Exodus 32. Moses is up on the mountain and he's praying and he's talking to God. But what was, what was mostly going on was God was writing down the law for Moses on uh, some stone tablets. And uh, at, at the end, uh, God's like, you better go back down the mountain 
they're they're making this gold cow thing and so Moses goes down the mountain and Moses is pretty angry when he sees the cow he's he's livid and fussing out there and he's like what did you do you lost your mind and so God tells Moses he's like hey Moses this is what we're going to do I'm going to wipe them out I'm going to wipe out all of them and what we're going to do is we're going to start over like with you and don't worry about them. I'm going to destroy them and their cow. And that'll be that. And Moses, like I said, he was pretty angry when he came down that mountain. But when God said that, God, uh, Moses started praying, wait, 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 Lord, wait, 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 wait. Lord, what will they say about you? They're going to say that that you brought us out from Egypt and you brought us out here in the desert for us to die. And and he starts pleading with the Lord, saying, "Don't don't kill him, don't kill him. Hold up, don't kill him." So yeah, I'm I'm mad at him too, but don't don't do it. He saved those people's lives. You don't ever think about that. You don't ever think about it. But Moses saved. Those people's lives. The prayer of one man saved tens of thousands of people. I like this one. Acts 12, 5-7. You can put that one up, Jen. Okay. Oh, I skipped one. Okay. Okay, Acts 12, 5 through 7. While Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly for him. The night before Jesus was to be placed on trial, he was asleep, fastened with two cho- two chains sitting between two soldiers. Others stood guard at the prison gate. Suddenly, there was a bright light in the cell, and an angel of the Lord stood before Peter. The angel struck him on the side to awake him and said, Quick, get up! And the chains fell off his wrist. Do you realize... How bad it looked for Peter, first of all. Okay, chains. But if the chains aren't enough, two people sitting next to him. And if that's not enough, we put some more people outside the door. This dude's not going nowhere. But there was people that were praying for him. And at the point where he was asleep in the night, Peter was was sleeping. Super spiritual. He's asleep. And the angel like had to slap him, wake him, get up. And he said, let's go. And the chains fell off. You can pray for UL Lafayette. Pray for the Cajuns to win. 
You can pray. Oh, you go to UL. Acadiana. You can pray for Acadiana. You can pray for SLCC. For Lafayette High. You could actually pray for the nations. You can pray. And the faith as small as a mustard seed can move a mountain. I want you to know that your prayer can break strongholds in schools, in high schools, in cities, in states, in countries. Your prayer can set people free. And it was that simple. As they're praying, chains fell off. When you pray, pray for the blood of Jesus to cover. There was another intercession that Jesus did. That He he reconciled us to God. But this one really wasn't a a reconciling. But but it is a place where, where the blood of Christ stands between us and the enemy. And you can pray and ask that Jesus' blood covers people. And so, so whenever you're praying, that you're asking. You're asking in Jesus' name. And you're taking authority over situations. And you are telling the enemy to take your hand off that person. To take your hand off that house. You have that authority. That's why we plead the blood of Jesus over people. That's why we pray hedges of protection around people to protect them. There are some people that are walking around in bondage. They're weighed down by their sins. And they're pretty well stuck there. But you know... If you pray and you release and pray and pray the blood of Jesus over people, at the very least, you can pray and get the enemy's hand off of them. Now, are they going to walk out of that? Are they going to walk out of that freedom once they're set free? Because not everyone that's in bondage really knows that they're in bondage. But at the very least, you can release uh, the Spirit of God into a situation. And you can release the blood of Jesus over somebody. And at least give them an opportunity to walk out of it. And just pray, Lord, remove all temptations. Remove all the evil people. Get all the bad influences out the way. Lord, remove everything. And just just for a second, for that person to think clearly.
And it would give them an opportunity to walk out of that bondage. And hopefully they will. What is intercessory prayer? This comes from uh, Dutch Sheets. Is a, a guy, Dutch Sheets, he wrote a book uh, called Intercessory Prayer. And this definition came from him. And it says, we mediate. Intercessory prayer is when we mediate between God and humanity for the purpose of reconciling the world to Him or between the world and Satan for the purpose of enforcing the victory on Calvary. So you're standing between either to pray for them or, like in football, like a blocker, you know, and pray the blood of Jesus to block over them. Let's go ahead and close. Y'all stand with me. I want to give you uh, an opportunity to uh, an opportunity tonight. The first thing I want to know. Just bow your head and close your eyes for a second. Lord, we want to we want to pray, Lord God, that you would give us a heart, Lord, to reach out to people, to truly pray for people. Lord, we want to pray with a vision, Lord, of, of people being set free, of, of people being saved. Every head bowed eye closed. I just want to ask because we want to be sure. In order to represent Jesus, you have to know Jesus. And in order to come to the Father, you have to go through Jesus. So you have to know Him. You have to know who He is. So if you say tonight, I couldn't represent Jesus because I don't I don't really know Jesus. Maybe maybe church is kind of new. I don't know. But if you say that's me, if you want me to pray for you here tonight, just slip up your hand. I want to know if there's anyone here that just say, I can't represent Jesus because I don't know him. Would you pray for me that I would get to know him tonight? forward under the assumption that everyone in here is saved and you do know Jesus. I want to know, is there anybody here tonight that will commit to interceding for your school, for your co-workers, for your friends? Is there anybody here that will commit to it here tonight?
What you're saying is, I'll pray for my school. I'll make a time. I'll make a time every day. And we'll begin to release those blessings. We'll begin to distribute those blessings that Jesus has made. We'll begin to start looking for lost people. If you want that, if you want to commit, raise your hand. Say, pray for me. Just raise your hand. Say, I'll commit here tonight. I commit here tonight. Keep your hands raised. Raise your hand to receive this blessing. Lord God, I commission every single person here. Just as you commissioned them and you said, go and make disciples, Lord God, I commission every single person here that has their hand raised that says that I want to reach, that I want to make a difference, that I want to pray, that I want to represent you to this world. Lord, I pray that you would give them a hunger and a desire to know you more so that they can represent you more accurately, Lord God, but also, Lord God, so that you can do works in them, Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray victory over strongholds, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name, Lord, for those that are here, Lord God, and for those that they are going to reach. Lord, I pray an earnest desire for them to wake up and pray and to meet with you and to know you. And Lord God, I pray that you would break their hearts for their schools. That you would break their hearts, Lord God, for the lost. And Lord God, I pray for somebody to raise up and say that the enemy is not going to take another one. Lord God, I pray and I send these, Lord, everyone here that had their hand raised, Lord, and I pray, Lord, that you will bless them, that you would bless their time, Lord Jesus, that you would that you would speak through them, Lord God. And Lord Jesus, I pray, Lord God, that you would bless them in their schoolwork, Lord Jesus. Lord God, I pray that you would open doors. Open opportunities up for them. Guys, you're only going to be in high school once. This is the only time. Some of you that are in college, hopefully you're only going to be there four years. Four years sounds like a long time, but it's a really short window. It'll go really fast. And you have an opportunity now. Now. Say now. You have an opportunity. The school year is new. It's a new year. 
And I pray in the name of Jesus that you guys get a new vision. Lord God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would watch over each one of us as we go, Lord God. Lord, I pray your peace would surround us, Lord Jesus. And Lord God, I pray the blood of Jesus over these that are here. And I pray a hedge of protection around them. And Lord God, I pray, Lord, that you would block out all temptations, Lord, for sin. That you would not give them an opportunity for sin. Lord, I pray, I pray, Lord God, that you would lift them up, each one, Lord God, their spirits. And Lord, I pray, When I pray over your schoolwork, I pray that when you study, you will remember. That when you that when you learn, you will retain. Y'all receive that. I believe that Christians should perform in school better than everyone else. That y'all should be more diligent than everybody else. So, Lord God, I pray that you would help them in that. And that we will return all glory and honor to you. In Jesus' mighty and precious and holy name, I pray. Amen. Again, thanks for joining us. For more info on Fusion, you can check us out on YouTube, Facebook, or Instagram.